just in time for summer, the folks at Epic Brewing have released a new canned cocktail, the Utah Margarita. A delicious blend of real lime and agave, the Utah Margarita is ready to drink by the river or in the park. And here's the kicker, no need to buy it at a liquor store. Pick up a six-pack of Epic Brewing's Utah Margarita at any local Harmon's or Trader Joe's, or visit Epic Brewing on State Street in downtown Salt Lake City. Hey, it's lead producer Emily Means filling in for Ali Vallarta, and here's what Salt Lake's talking about. Six dogs died recently after eating something gross near a pond at the Lee K public shooting range. Water quality officials said it was probably some sort of harmful bacteria. With hot temps this week driving people and pups to cool off in lakes and streams, I'm wondering, on behalf of all the cute dogs I know, what's in the water and how do we keep our pets safe? It's Tuesday, July 11th. I'm Emily Means, and this is CityCast Salt Lake. Dr. Hannah Bonner, you're an environmental scientist for the Utah Division of Water Quality, and it is hot out. We're looking at some uh, triple-digit temperatures coming up pretty soon here. So I think, like, everyone and their dog wants to cool off in some cold water. But, you know, unfortunately, we saw some dogs die recently after eating something kind of weird near a pond. So what's worrying you as the weather gets hotter? So just making sure while we all want to recreate and be out in the water that we're doing it in a way that is safe both for us and for our pets. And I work with harmful algal blooms, which are certain species of algae that could produce toxin and cause illness or in extreme cases, even death. And so that's definitely what keeps me up at night is making sure that people are aware of these kind of events and are taking the actions they need to keep themselves and their pets safe. Yeah. Okay. So algal blooms, I feel like it's something we're becoming more and more familiar with. Uh, But just for anyone who hasn't heard about this before, what exactly is an algal bloom? And like, what does it look like? What does it smell like? That sort of thing. Yeah. So we call them algal blooms. They're actually cyanobacteria, but it basically is this photosynthesizing bacteria acts a lot like a plant or an algae, and it can be in our lakes, our reservoirs, our rivers. These algae occur naturally in every water body in the state. Uh, And sometimes if conditions are right, they can form a bloom, which is actually when the algae dominates the water body and you get millions and millions of these cells Uh, And when that happens, there can be some pretty big health effects. Many species of these algae produce toxins as part of their life cycle, which can cause both people and animals to get really sick. Uh, Mm -hmm. And as well, as you can imagine, if an algae is dominating a water body, uh, they also can have pretty potent visible effects. And so you may have seen pictures of lakes turning bright green or these almost streaks of paint. It looks like someone's dumped a bucket of blue and green and white paint in. Um, They can look like grass clippings, like clods or mats. Um, So they can be pretty dramatic as well. I think they're kind of beautiful, actually. I kind of (laughs) like to see those aerial views of lakes that are full of algal blooms. And I'm like, oh, wow, it's a painting. (laughs) Yeah, I do agree. They have their own charm (laughs) from a distance. Yes, yes. Well, Hannah, this is, you know, something that humans should certainly be aware of. But why are dogs particularly susceptible to algal blooms? 
Yeah, you know, people we can we can look at a lake and maybe see it as a piece of art, but I think we're a little bit better at saying, "Hey, like that water looks really green. Maybe I'm not going to jump in there. Maybe I'm not going to drink that water." Dogs, unfortunately, are not as discerning. Um, and and just to even add to that, many species of these algae have a really musty scent that dogs like, uh, and so mm. dogs might choose to directly eat this algae, which if there's toxin presence, give them a really high dose. Uh, and as well, they're much more likely to lap up water from a lake or reservoir that you're recreating at. Um, they might lick off their fur after swimming. They're going to be swimming with their mouth open. And so they're much higher at risk of just ingesting or getting these toxins into their body. And as well, because dogs oftentimes are smaller than people, a smaller dose of these toxins can also have negative effects than it would on you know a full-grown adult. Mm-hmm. So they think that they're delicious. Is that part of the problem? Like, do these <laughs> algal blooms taste good to dogs and they want to eat them? Yeah, I think that smell can just be really attractive, um, specifically if certain species of algae that grow more like mats. Yeah, they just smell really musty and people can smell them, but we're we're not as attracted to eating weird growth as dogs, which uh, yes, probably is a good I'm thing. Definitely less likely to eat pond scum than any <laughs> random dog might probably. Um, well, Hannah, we had a very wet winter, um, and we're seeing our reservoirs and our lakes kind of like swell from that. How does the winter we experience impact our algal bloom risk? So like I said, these algae naturally occur in every water body in the world, but conditions have to be right for them to form a bloom, which is when we start to worry about human and animal health effects. And so this winter has both good news and bad news for algae and bloom conditions in Utah. Uh, one thing that algae needs to form a bloom is lots of sunshine and warm water. And so when we have really deep, cold reservoirs, that actually inhibits algae growth. So that's really good news. Uh, the bad news is the other thing this algae needs in order to form a bloom is nutrients. So things like nitrogen, phosphorus, that's what the algae feeds on. And those nutrients are generally introduced by human nutrient pollution. And so when we've had a winter and a spring like we've experienced where we've had a lot of flooding, a lot of really heavy rain events this spring, all of that water running over urban and human surfaces washes a lot of nutrient pollutions into our water bodies. So that's the bad news is we also have given mm -hmm. these algae a lot of food. Uh, and so how, how this is going to balance out still remains to be determined. Um, it, you know, it might be that we delay onset a little bit with these nice cold water temperatures, but then when the blooms start, there's potential for really large blooms because there's lots of this nutrient pollution food. Mm -hmm. A lot of delicious stuff in the water right now. Yes. Good time to be an algae. <laughs> are, so are we seeing any blooms yet in the season? We have. So just this past week, we started seeing our first planktonic blooms. So that's the kind of bloom that occurs in a lake or reservoir. And so we have seen evidence of a bloom in the southern part of Utah Lake, so Provo Bay, and then along the Lincoln Beach area. And then we also are seeing developing blooms up in Manaway Reservoir and then in the Willard Bay, Willard Pond area. I feel like Utah Lake is always like the first sign for us that we're heading into algal bloom season, you know? Yeah. I mean, Utah Lake, it, it's a pretty shallow lake, so the water gets warm fast, and it's right by a lot of urban areas. Um, so a lot of legacy of nutrient pollution. That I, I do think Utah Lake is continuing to get better, um, but it, it does tend sometimes to have our earliest blooms of the season, especially in the southern part of the lake. 
The Living Traditions Festival is back in downtown Salt Lake City, May 17th through 19th. And this is when I come alive. It is so easy to sell me on three days of Washington Square and Library Square converting to a global food court. And this festival has truly been one of my favorites for years now. Living Traditions convenes the diversity of artistic traditions, food heritage, music, and art from the many cultures that have made Utah their home. You can expect everything from live music and dance to hands-on workshops, a little shopping, Sundance film screenings, and Bohemian Brewery. There is something for the whole family, and it's free entry. Come celebrate all of the rich cultures that make up our community. Find more information on the festival and view the full program guide at livingtraditionsfestival.com or on Instagram and Facebook at SLC Living Trad. We talk a lot on this show about our city's crown jewels. What are the institutions that open doors in our community and regulate its pulse? I choose Salt Lake Community College, and it is a home for incredibly focused Salt Lakers. Nearly 80% of their students work while going to school, many full-time jobs. If I could do college all over again, I would not be 33 and sitting on these damn student loans. And slick students aren't. 80% graduate with little to no student loan debt or save thousands knocking out credits before transferring to a four-year institution. Every day, Salt Lake Community College is transforming lives and communities through education. If you want to learn something new, refine a trade, or pursue a higher degree for the first time, explore your options at slcc.edu. Study alongside hard workers, save precious money, and be one in a class of 19, not 100. We do have, you know, a lot of ponds and creeks, especially here in Salt Lake County, that I see dogs playing in all the time, especially like around uh, Memory Grove Park, mm. uh, you know, splashing through the water there. What else is in the water that we should be aware of and, you know, trying to keep our pets safe? Yeah, I, I would say three things. So we're talking about algal blooms and I've foreshadowed this, but we almost have two different flavors of algal blooms. Uh, so there's the, the more classical algal bloom, which is a planktonic bloom or algae that's dispersed throughout the water column. And this probably is what you imagine when I say harmful algal bloom. It's that spilled mm -hmm. paint, the bright green water, pea soup. Uh, and these are generally in our lakes and reservoirs. But when you're talking about something like memory grove or any kind of stream or river, an emerging second flavor of algal blooms we're seeing are what we call benthic algae mats, which is actually when the algae is growing in these consistent, uh, consolidated mat-like growths that are attached to the bottom of rocks or plants growing under the water. Um, and these are the ones that smell extra good. If you're a dog <laughs> looking for a, a stinky chunk of algae to munch on, you just Disgusting. love you love the smell <laughs> of this flavor of algae mats. Um, and so that means when you're on the lookout to protect an animal, you can look for those really obvious signs. Is the water bright green? But you also want to look a little bit closer, especially in areas where there's been movement of water, whether that be a stream or a recently flooded area for these algae mats. Okay, so that is something we should be keeping a lookout for in a place like Memory Grove then. Yeah, exactly. They they tend to prefer flowing water um, and actually can be found in really clean water. They're able to get nutrients a little bit easier. And so a lot of areas have the potential to be affected by those. 
Anything else icky in the water that we should watch out for? Uh, I'm sure there's a ton of great stuff floating around in there. (laughs) Yeah, great question. The other thing that we monitor for is waterborne pathogens. So that's when we have potentially viruses or bacteria in the water that, again, can affect both people and animals. Um, And that generally is introduced by fecal contamination, so poop that gets in the water. Uh, And another thing introduced by big runoff, flooding, rain events Um, Anytime you get heavy rain, any sort of contamination, chemicals, poop uh, on the land ends up in our water bodies. And so after big rain events, we also recommend people and pets stay out of water bodies for at least a day or so uh, to let those things get filtered out. Mm -hmm. I remember when uh, the Sugar House Park retention pond uh, flooded this past spring, which, you know, it was doing its job. It's supposed (laughs) to do that. And I saw people like paddle boarding around there. And that seems like seems like a no, no. Yeah, a lot of waterborne pathogens in there. And we did actually have some cases of illnesses um, just because, yeah, that that water body and other retention ponds are not designed for people or pets to be recreating in. And uh, they do tend to accumulate a lot of poop, contamination and other contaminants. Okay, so what I'm hearing from you, Hannah, is that this stuff that we're finding in the water that is harmful to our pets, harmful to us, uh, it kind of sounds like it's our fault. <laughs> Is that right? Like, should we be doing more to prevent these blooms and, you know, other icky stuff in the water from from forming? That's a great question. To some extent, these things are natural processes. Uh cyanobacteria, this harmful algae has been around for billions of years, actually. But what we are seeing in Utah is the rate of the number of water bodies affected by harmful algae. We're seeing more and more water bodies experiencing these events. And in large part, that is facilitated by human behavior and change of these ecosystems. Uh, especially when it comes to that component that this algae needs nutrient pollution in order to grow. Uh, As we've continued to develop areas around water bodies, as we continue to put those pollutants and those nutrients into water bodies, we're creating an ideal environment for harmful algal blooms to occur. Uh, And so, yes, I think in many ways we are responsible for this increase in harmful algal blooms, which is sobering, but also empowering because it means we can also do something to reduce the occurrence of these events. Um, Okay, well, let's say that my dog, I don't have a dog, I'm lying to you. (laughs) I'm a cat person. But let's say someone's dog does eat something from the water. We're not necessarily sure what it is, but, uh, you know, they're not they're not feeling well after. Um, What should we do next? So there's a few different symptoms that can come from exposure to harmful algae. Um, And dogs, anything from excessive drooling, gastrointestinal, so vomiting, diarrhea, loss of appetite. Uh, And then in more severe cases, you know, paralysis, difficulty breathing, or even weakness. So any of those symptoms could be an indication of harmful algae exposure. Uh, And so we'd recommend a few things. First of all, if you think your dog was in a water body where harmful algae was present, wash them off really thoroughly so no additional exposure can occur from them licking off their fur. Uh, And then look for help. There's a few different hotlines that are specifically for pets. And we'll put those resources in the show notes for people if they want to check them out. Hannah, one last question for you, because, you know, I'm not an expert, so I might look at pond scum and just think it's regular pond scum, but it might actually be toxic to my pet. So since it's so hard for, you know, regular folk to tell 
what's toxic and what's not. Do you think we should just keep our pets out of the water as a general rule? Is that a safe bet? <laughs> you know, if you kept your pet out of the water, then you would never have to worry about harmful algae exposure. That's definitely true. But also, you never would get to recreate in the water with your pet, which is a really wonderful experience. And so I, I don't think we need to go to that much of an extreme. I think education really is the answer here. And getting yourself to a point where you can feel confident going to a water body before you let your dog out to swim, looking around, looking for visual indications of a bloom. And yeah, if you see something that fills off or the water's a little discolored, then assume it could be dangerous and go somewhere else. But if you look around, if you know what to look for and things look good, then you also can have peace of mind in letting your pet out and recreating and being outside, which has a lot of positive benefits. Uh, and I think ultimately outweighs the risk when you're able to rule out that a harmful algal bloom is present. Hannah, do you have a dog? I do not currently have a dog, but I am an absolute dog fan and a previous dog owner. I really want a dog and I'm just like in negotiations. My old dog, he's got really old and died and it was so sad. Um, but I like, I want another dog, but I'm just trying to say if I'm emotionally ready. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, if you had a dog, would you bring said dog to uh, play in the water with you? I would. Yeah. Because I think that's one of the beautiful things about dogs is they are our playmates and our companions. And there's a lot of dangerous things in the world. And that doesn't stop us from going out and experiencing them. Uh, rather, I think it puts the responsibility on us to be informed and educated so that we can more thoroughly enjoy them. Dr. Hannah Bonner with the Utah Division of Water Quality. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Emily. Want to keep an eye on harmful algal blooms this summer? There's a website for that. You can check on the condition of water bodies all across the state at habs.utah.gov. I'll link that website in the show notes for you, as well as phone numbers for resources if you or your pet does accidentally eat an algal bloom. Happens to the best of us. That's all for us today on CityCast Salt Lake. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Bye.